0: This is In Touch, City Talks Rugby League Lowdown with Lauren Moss and Steve Manning. City Talk 105.9.
1: Hello there and good evening. Welcome to In Touch, City Talks Rugby League show with myself, Lauren Moss and Steve Manning. And we're smack banger in the middle of the Rugby League World Cup. Those group games are done and dusted and we're into the final eight now. So between now and seven this evening, we'll take a look at what's to come and what's been. We'll also chat to Lee Briers, who announced his retirement from playing last week. And Martin Johnson from the RFL about how it's all going in the tournament so far. We're here too from witnesses Ben Kavanagh and Saints is at Willie Manu, as well as New Zealand's Sonny Bill Williams. So the last of the group games saw eight teams book their place in the quarterfinals of the World Cup. Before we get on to anything else, let's catch up on what happened in the last week. Here's Nick Smith.
0: On Thursday night, Scotland came from behind to put out a dominant performance and inflict the USA's first defeat of the tournament. The Tomahawks were beaten 22 points to eight but still got through. New Zealand continued their winning run with a 56-10 demolition of Papua New Guinea. Sonny Bill Williams ran in a hat-trick in the first half. Saturday saw Australia inflict more woes on Ireland with a nilling by 50 points running in nine tries. Meanwhile, England overcame a scare and booked their spot in the final final eight with a 34-12 victory over Fiji, scoring five tries in just 15 minutes during the second half. Tonga ended Italy's hopes and ensured Scotland went through with a 16-nil win and Wales were unable to finish on a high after a 28-24 defeat to the Cook Islands. The final games for the quarters were firmed up on Monday when Samoa beat France 22 points to six, meaning the French will face Steve McNamara's men this Saturday in Wigan and Samoa go on to meet Fiji. (laughs)
1: Cheers, Nick. Well, good evening to my co-host, Steve Manning.
0: Good evening,
2: Lauren. Good evening, everybody.
1: Steve, we will talk about the group games we've seen in the upcoming quarterfinals. But some very sad news emerged on Saturday during the England game at the KC Stadium that former St Helens, Hull FC and Wakefield player Steve Prescott had lost his fight against cancer. Now... A truly inspirational man. He was diagnosed in 2006 with cancer, told he had just months to live. Since then, he's raised thousands, half a million pounds for charities, raised awareness about the disease. And he's shown, well, I don't think there is any doubt that he is the real man of steel. And, and, and this news emerged during the game. And, and Sam Tompkins said that England went on to win that match. What, what's the feeling been like in the rugby league community? The, the tributes that have been paid to Steve have been so emotional.
2: I don't think anybody was expecting it. I think a lot of people knew that uh, Steve was very ill. Last time I saw him was in June when he was inducted into the St. Helens Hall of Fame and uh, you know he, he didn't expect that. He thought he was going to go and congratulate Apollo Perolini who had played in that iconic cup final in 1995. and uh, But uh, he'll be missed at, I had a lump in my throat when they mentioned it on uh, BBC TV and straight away I shouted to me a good lady and said, uh, you know, Steve Prescott's passed away and uh, it was just, it's, it, in your gut, you, you just can't explain it and then obviously they began with a minute's silence and all of a sudden it, it went into a fluttering and then a, a cacophony of applause all around the ground and, and it was emotive and, uh, you know, I think everybody either at that ground or watching it on TV or whatever, there couldn't have been a, a dry eye in the house because it it it, it was something that wasn't expected. He the he applause. was battling on, yeah. yeah. And it was just that you you can't explain it, can you, Lord? And it's just there, and it it, it was as if everything was there. It was an outpouring from everybody. It was all emotive, and it wasn't it wasn't false. It was there. Everybody, you know, collectively, because of the people person.
1: decided that this is a man that has achieved so much and done so much. It, it almost is doing him a disservice, although it is what you do is to have a minute's mm-hmm. silence. But it, he he deserves a lot more than that. He deserves the the, the rapturous applause that, that broke out and the outpouring of grief that we have seen with, with St. Helen's opening the Book of Condolence on Saturday evening. By, by Sunday, um, I know people that have been been down this Sunday afternoon. They're onto the third book. Books of condolence of the, his other clubs have opened them as well. The flags have been flying at half mast in Saint Helens and will do until his funeral on Monday. And you know that that's absolutely absolutely right for a man like Stephen, what he did.
2: I think uh, what you've just said it just says how, oh, as a person, as a man, although he was thought of in in that in that life for something like that to happen and the the out the outpouring of grief and it's uh, it, it's a it, it's a testament isn't it at the end of the day we had a situation you know when he was diagnosed he's uh, one of his children had only just been born and the inspiration there was obviously to stay alive as long as you could and then he started doing mission impossible that uh, created the Steve Prescott Foundation and
1: we're just looking at some of the things that, that he's done. A lot of them with Paul Sculthorpe, actually, as well. We're swimming the English Channel uh, when he did the Paris Marathon, cycling from Dover to to London. Um, then he did the London Marathon as well. All of that, you know, in just a just a few days. And you just think how how did how did he do that? And the, I remember the, before the Grand Final a few years ago, the cycling outside Old Trafford. It's it's sensational.
2: Well, it just show, shows the character of uh, what Steve had, sort of thing. I mean, I was lucky enough to do the commentary when he had his uh, charity game at Norsley Road and uh, the, the outpour and everybody was for him sort of thing and his uh, little ones were on the field and one of them scored a try and I think it was Big Bad Barry, Mike knocked one of his sons over sort of thing and got and got booed sort of thing, but but it was all there and, and it just escalated, I mean, it was like the impossible, what, what can he not do next and if people can't be inspired by that, I, I don't know who can sort of thing and really would have liked to have taken part in the, in the event as it were later on this year but obviously circumstances meant that yeah. he had to have treatment i think it was in cambridge and uh, it, it's just so sad
1: of course thoughts undoubtedly with his his family his, his wife and, and his sons and i think thousands of people will be lining the street in saint helens on monday
2: I think I think that's a give, uh, and, and again, it just shows of, uh, and they'll not just be coming from Saint Helens; they'll be coming from all over. Um, I Remember, going to uh, a funeral of of another superstar that sadly passed away a few years ago, and they came from everywhere for uh, that particular individual. And there is no doubt the same will same thing will happen at at Saint Helens, and uh, it's just as much respect for him as a person, as a player, and uh, I know that they're talking about obviously the Man of Steel now aren't they mm-hmm. and that uh, they should be named after him and I, I can't think of any more inspirational figure because he epitomises everything of what a Man of Steel should be, you know in adversity not giving up, giving 100% and trying to get to that final line to achieve what you want to achieve, sadly for Steve it, it, it didn't work out for him but uh, what a fantastic person and I don't think anybody will ever forget him and those that have seen will, will never forget and be touched by him.
1: So Steve let's talk about what we've seen on the field so far in the last seven days another sensational round of games, many teams broken hearted and, and heading back home. England Fiji first of all was maybe not quite the convincing dominant performance we wanted at first but then later on second half showed the worth
2: I'll be quite honest I fancied Fiji to win that game. I,
1: I- remember you said that. See, Possibly not on air though
2: well, you didn't. You didn't give me a chance. <laughs> but um, I, I really fancied Fiji. I thought with the way they've been playing and the build-up to that game, it was going to be full-on and that they would show sure the true wares. And uh, let's be quite honest, for 30 minutes they did. I mean, it was full-on. Uh, no, no, neither of the sides gave anything away. And then Fiji went ahead, and you start think. I started thinking, Mm-mm. here we go. Yeah. But then they scored just before half-time. Always a good time to score points, whatever. And now, what can you say about Sam Burgess? I mean, from the kickoff, it was he was the one that ran forward. He was the one that collected the ball, and two or three plays later, he's over the line. And then all of a sudden, what a lift that was! And everything just went right. And I've got to say, they were very, very good. If it was being negative. It would be the fact that uh, they let uh, Fiji have the final say after Fiji had had the first say. But it was a fantastic performance, and. Uh, I know we're sporting about the crowd, obviously, in relation to Steve, but uh, a full house at uh, the KC, and they certainly got behind the side, and I thought it was a fantastic game, and it was a great way for them to qualify for the next game, which uh, it's all about theatre, our game of Rugby League, and the theatre was, would it be Samoa, would it be France, and it's France. I wish it been. Some, I wish that it would have been Samoa, but it's France.
1: We will chat about that a little bit later, Steve, and we'll come on to those other games as well, and indeed Wales. Let's turn our attention to that now as we're joined on the line by Warrington's Lee Briers. Lee, good evening. Big news announced last week.
3: Yeah, good evening, guys. Yeah, it was uh, pretty big news uh, in, in my household. Yeah, that I had to re Uh Unfortunately, that's the way it's got to be.
1: What happened in the lead up to that? I mean, we spoke to you on in such a, a few a few weeks ago with the release of your book, and you know you had another year to go on the on your playing contract. I know you got coaching; you had coaching the sidelines anyway. But I mean, what happened? Was it just advice from the medics?
3: Yeah, exactly that way. I had a scan uh, the day after the grand final. Uh, sorry, the Monday after the grand final, and uh, unfortunately, I couldn't get him to see the specialist till uh, the fifth of November. So, I knew mm-hmm. that was something. Uh, serious in there, and we were just waiting for for the uh, for the specialist to to tell me what it was. And unfortunately, on the day, he said that was it. I could never play. So it was it was as easy as that, really.
1: I can't imagine how you must have felt when they said that to you. Is that how they phrased it as well? That that, that was that was it for for playing.
3: Yeah, yeah. It was, it was as blunt as as that, really. It was I could never play any contact sport again. It was too much of a risk. Uh, in the neck. so i suppose it, in one way it it was good that they were telling me that way and not giving me any false hope uh in another way it, it was quite cruel but that's the life we live
1: and i suppose you needed you know a few a few days to process that in your head at least and you, you probably you still are but you, you've made the decision now to, to move properly into coaching
3: yeah i it did it it, it it was a bit surreal honestly when you get to a certain age you plan for retirement but until somebody actually says you can't play anymore it's I don't think you can prepare yourself for that Uh, so well like I say I've just got to move on and, and hopefully make a success of coaching
1: when you put the statement up on Twitter on uh, on Friday evening, wasn't it? I mean, that within seconds it was being retweeted by hundreds, thousands of people, and so many well wishes. So many people saying, "This is such a, a blow to, to to Warrington, to to rugby league as a whole." I mean, what has the support been like?
3: Well, the support's been incredible. You know, I'm, I'm humbled and I'm massively proud of of what I've, I've, I've achieved, but I don't realise it's gone uh, how, how much you, you touch people's lives and. Uh, it, it's been unbelievable. It's not only just Warrington fans, but all over, World League fans have been have been fantastic with me. And, yeah, I can't thank them enough.
2: And uh, obviously, the retirement's come sort of thing, but at the end of the day, it's it's looking forward, isn't it? It's the, the coach, and it's also, you've got a young family, and you want to make, still be active and be able to be active as they c- continue to grow up, Lee.
3: Yeah, well, that's a, a, a massive incentive. Every time I feel a bit down, is well, it's not actually that bad. I'm, I've still got my my health, and I can still uh, take my lad down to the park and play rugby with him, and, and do stuff, and and take, me, take my daughter out and stuff like that. And I, I don't have to rely on anybody else, which could have been the case if if I took a, a a big whack on my neck. Mm. Uh, so, in the positive note, I've got the rest of my life to live, and uh, to do that, being healthy is is, is massively important.
1: So what happens now going forward? You're, you're helping with the coaching of the academy lads at Warrington now.
3: Yeah, that's my role has, has got to be sorted out. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be with the 19s and working on a full-time basis for the academy though, So really looking forward to that.
2: And obviously you've had the... Uh, the, the Welsh coaching as such it's not gone as well as you would have expected and the team would have expected but again you can draw strength from that and experience and put it into practice and obviously in the position that you've played you can pass on your knowledge and there's not there's nothing better than someone who's been there done it rather than somebody who walks a walk but they've never taught the talk
3: Yeah, Wales was really enjoyable the results didn't go our way, but we, we'll learn a massive amount from that we're still a young team and uh, come, come the 2017 World Cup we'll probably have uh, a massive crutch of those players playing in that, so we'll learn from it and and get better. That's for sure. And it's been a great uh, a great experience on my part uh, to to be involved in the World Cup squad.
1: What about Lee? I, mean, I heard this week that you've um, you've said you would support the idea of you know a Great Britain side reforming. What are your thoughts on that, then?
3: Yeah, I just think it, it it needs to to happen. I think. With this World Cup, the international fans uh, should take off from, from here. On here. Now, I think the World Cup's been a, a massive massive success. And I, I think the next step is to bring Great Britain back uh, and, and bring back the old tours of, of, the, uh, of the 80s and 90s. I think that's the way we should move forward. and I'm sure they'll be looking at that and, and trying with the idea.
1: Do you think there will be the demand for that? Because, like you say, it has been such a success and we've had record-breaking crowds and so on. Do you think there is the demand for that and bringing back those big test matches?
3: I definitely think so. I think there's, the, the players would want it. Uh, obviously, it's just about the, the quality now, getting together, the inter, international committees, getting together and making it happen. But I'm, I'm sure if you ask every player, there wouldn't be one who says, no, let's, let's keep it as it is.
2: And on a somber note, sadly... Just after you'd announced uh, that you were hanging up the boots, uh, I think the a, a guy that you play with, have all got respect for Steve Prescott. Sadly passed as well.
3: Yeah, it wasn't uh, a good, a good few days for myself. Obviously, with with the retirement and then hearing the passing of Steve, uh, was was a close friend and uh, colleague and an inspiration to to all all, all of the rugby league family. You know, and he, he'll be a massive loss, and hopefully. He, uh, his foundation can live on in his
1: name. that is strong. The the things that have been said about him about him being such an inspiration, which he undoubtedly was, and and the St Helens Council flying the flag at half mast, the book of condolence that's been opened at in Hull and Wakefield at Langtree Park as well, and I think thousands of people are expected to, to line the streets on Monday for for Steve's funeral. I mean, how how will he how will he be remembered? You from a player's perspective and someone that that knew him. Do you think?
3: First and foremost, he, he was a class player, you know, I had, had the privilege of playing with Steve when I first uh, talked to the and uh, he, he, was, he was an unbelievable player uh, from way above his size uh, and then obviously with, with his foundation, what he, what he hasn't done is, uh, is not worth doing really and he, he's been an absolute inspiration and, and all the money he's raised, what he's raised um, I'm sure will help people in the future.
1: And a campaign started um, a few weeks ago now to get the Man of Steel award uh, named after him and Jamie Peacock this week has said that's something that he thinks should happen. Would you agree with that?
3: Yeah, I think it would definitely be a fitting tribute. You know, he he pushed his body where your body's not meant to go. Uh, For me, that that is a definite Man of
1: Steel. Well, thanks very much for your time, Lee. Thanks for speaking to us. And um, best of luck with the next next chapter in, in your life now and going into coaching.
3: Yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks for
1: having me on. It's time for a short break now on City Talk 105.9, but afterwards we'll hear from England coach Steve McNamara and check in with the RFL's Martin Johnson too. In touch.
0: City Talk's rugby league lowdown. City Talk 105.9.
2: Mrs. Moss. And the storm starts on Friday through to Saturday and Sunday, Mrs. Moss.
1: In case you're wondering, you are listening to City Talk 105.9. It is In Touch, the Rugby Hour, with myself and Steve Manning with you until 7 this evening. And we are talking the Rugby League World Cup with a little bit of the Dark Knight thrown in there and Christian Bale impersonations by Mr Manning himself. Tomorrow, you mentioned Friday, through to Monday, quarterfinal action. Let's start with tomorrow, first of all. We've got uh, Scotland in action against New Zealand. Do you think it's going to be... A classic? Is it going to be a cracker or is Scotland going to be absolutely demolished?
2: I don't think they'll be demoli- demolished. I think they'll open in 20 minutes, they'll give it hammer and tong. But you've got to sh- say that uh, New Zealand have shown the class from the start of the tournament and they're just waiting, I think, for the big one. The big one for them will be England, hopefully, at Wembley for the big hit.
1: Who, New Zealand, sorry, did you say, or Scotland?
2: The Brave Hearts will not be brave anymore.
1: When you look at how they fared against the USA, how do you think that's going to set them up going into this one? They made hard work of it for themselves for a while.
2: I think they did, but uh, winning's a great habit, isn't it? And uh, they were then on tender hooks of the uh, result that they were waiting for. But I thought they played really, really well. And uh, I thought they thoroughly deserved the win. I'm not sure what sort of setback that'll be to the USA because they'd already got through. But uh, they made sure that uh, Scotland had to play and win the game.
1: Well, let's hear from one member of the Scotland camp now. It's Ben Cavanagh.
4: We made it hard work for ourselves. That first half, we just gave too many penalties where our defence want the best. But second half, we showed how much of a tight-knit group we are. And we stuck together and managed to keep them to nil in second half.
5: That's the pleasing thing about it, the good defensive workout for us.
4: Yeah, definitely. We just, at half-time, we just spoke about keeping to our game plan, really. Just knock the sets out and eventually we'll get off the trial and that's what happened.
5: What do you think the difference was between yourselves and America over the full 80?
4: I just think that second half we just completed our sets better, a lot better, got more field position than them and when we got the field position we turned it into tries, so that was the, the difference.
5: I some close games throughout the World Cup and tonight was no different.
4: Yeah, definitely it was a good game for the crowd, they were winning 8-0 at half time and we managed to score 20 points in the second half, so it was a good game.
5: The big question is now you need Tonga to do you the favour, and if that is the case, it's a tasty one against New Zealand.
4: Yeah, definitely, that's going to be a massive game for us in front of probably a sold out crowd at Eden. So it's an experience I'm looking forward to. Hopefully,
5: if you Percy, Have personally, you enjoyed the World Cup experience so far?
4: Yeah, definitely. It's been so. I always wanted to test myself against like the best players from around the world, and Scotland's got a great bunch of lads, and we've had a good crack, and we've gelled together really well. So yeah, it's been it's been very good.
5: Obviously, no, tonight yeah, you loose forward. Is that? Do you prefer playing loose forward?
4: Yeah, it's just like an extra prop. Really, it's just like another middleman. I've played this sometimes at Witness, so i was pr- pretty pretty used to it.
5: You're no, wearing a kilt tonight. Are you enjoying wearing the kilt?
4: Yeah, definitely it's something different. Uh, <laughs> a bit cold downstairs, but uh, it's all right.
5: I uh, just got to ask you before we do go. are you being a proper Scot by wearing no undies underneath? Yeah,
4: definitely or? got no undies underneath yet. Yeah. <laughs>
1: That's Ben Kavanagh speaking to Adrian Jackson there after Scotland's victory over the USA. Well, let's cross over to the New Zealand camp now. They, of course, are playing Scotland tomorrow night. And Andy Rowe, New Zealand freelance journalist who joined us in the studio and in touch a couple of weeks ago. We had some very amusing conversations with him. I can tell you that show actually is available to listen to on our website, citytalk.fm. Anyway, I digress. Andy has been chatting to Sonny Bill.
6: Sonny, how's the, has the body feeling, mate? For a pretty bruising encounter against PNG. Yeah, it's, um, it's feeling pretty good now. Uh, extra day to recover. Um, and you know, I've been a bit sick as well, so it's am starting to get get recovered from that as well. I just took an extra day and I'm feeling pretty good at the moment. You sound a bit bunged up still. Oh, just a bit fluey in it, mate. You know, I think it's just old agey. Do
4: you, have to, um, do you have to be in isolation from the rest of the team at all? Like to try and keep them, keep them healthy? or? It
6: no, like it's that not. I don't very, think it's... Um, Real contagious whatever. Just have a bit of a runny nose and a bit of a cough. So um, on the antibiotics at the moment. So should be hopefully hopefully sweet within the you know, next 48 hours, 100%. Man, can you sort of bring any um, things that you learnt from Union into a defensive attack here, or is there anything that you in particular that you learnt that you're using and helping the Kiwis with? Nah, probably not. Um, I guess to be honest. <laughs> but um, I think for myself as a um, individual defending where I defend on the field, defending um, against, you know, probably smaller guys or guys or you know, outside backs all the time. you're um, coming up with, you know, pretty tricky plays, quite tricky plays in a rugby sense from set piece and that I've had to, you know, learn to bounce or, you know, not just stay on um, one one line, defend probably two players and that's really helped me in my game defensively as a coming back to Rugby League. So Yes, you know, it's definitely helped me as for myself defensively, but um, yeah, I wouldn't say that I'm in here doing. You know, uh, it's funny this morning. A lot of people have said, "Oh, uh, you're know, you helping with defence or this or that," but uh, and I think I just screaming a bit too much. I think the boys might begin to peeve off of me. I might have to be a bit quiet. Hey, <laughs> maybe we've sort of uh, given you a reality check, and you're going to shut up, guys. Am like, oh, not really talking that much? I'm yeah. not. I'm not going to be speaking this transition today. <laughs> garden be quiet <laughs> uh, I, I, hope, I hope we haven't given you a complex
4: so looking looking ahead to Scotland um, sort of players have you, have
6: you watched much of their games or? yeah I watched uh, um, I watched a couple of their games um, their number six is just being on fly he's the current uh, man, of, man of steel uh, that's like the, I guess the Dalian or, or the whatever back in Australia so he, he's playing some good footy and obviously Peter Wallace is his half partner so they got a great kicking game and they're putting it in them corners and the Scottish boys are just tackling their hearts up. So, um, you yeah, know, we're going to have to do a lot of work. Um, and I guess hopefully, not nullifying, but um, putting a bit of pressure on them boys so the kicks don't go where they want and our, our back three get a, um, you know easier run onto the ball.
1: And that's Sonny Bill Williams, New Zealand starman, scored a hat-trick in the first half of that game last week. He was chatting to Andy Rowe there. So uh, let's turn our attention now to St Helens, one of their players going back home, Willie Manu. Tonga effectively ended Italy's hopes. Probably no real surprise there. They were really playing for pride there, weren't they, Steve?
2: They were. I mean, they, they went into this tournament of being favourites to, to qualify and uh, Italy showed what they could do, but Tonga went to home with a win. And uh, they can build on uh, it in uh, four years' time now. But disappointing because I think we all expected a lot more from Tonga. But, uh, well,
1: they had some real talent in the squad and it just didn't seem to come off them, didn't get out of the group stages. But then, isn't that what we, we kind of want to see? We want to see upsets like that. Maybe, well, not if you're a Tonga fan, obviously, but you're know, Tonga not going through, and then you have the likes of the U- USA and New Zealand... Uh, USA the USA and Scotland sort of saying, hey, look at us, This is don't write us off here?
2: Well, it's all about the unpredictability, isn't it? I mean, the opening game, they played Scotland and I'll maintain to this day that on that last play, the ball was ripped, so Tonga could have got a penalty, kicked the goal and end up a point apiece. Uh, the video referee said that uh, the Tonga player had thrown it out I didn't see it like that, no. but again, it went to the last second. So Scotland, all of a sudden, they're on a roll, aren't they? Sort of thing. They've got that win, they've got the momentum, and then Tonga in the second game, uh, they, they they couldn't make it happen. So they went into this game knowing that uh, whatever the result, um, they weren't going to qualify. But uh, it's all a, all about matter of pride, isn't it? Because everyone would have. Been, I I thought that Italy would win it, and uh, I was waiting for and Italy they were nilled, to so. yeah. I was waiting for something to happen and it just didn't happen to Antonio Minicello and stuff like that. But again, what an atmosphere, over 10,000 at Halifax. I mean, it's a hell of a long time since they've had a gate like that.
1: You mentioned sort of playing for Pride then and Willie Manning said to Adrian Jackson that's exactly what they were doing.
7: We knew we weren't going to go further in the, in the competition. So, um, you know, we all, we all sat down as a team and, and said, you know, we're going to go for a win. Um, especially the love and support that the Tongan people showed us in Tonga, New Zealand and over here in England.
5: Certainly the fans in Halifax, certainly warm to your style of rugby league as well.
7: Yeah, yeah, I think they, they like the contact, don't they? So, um, And it was a hard battle up the middle then, you know, the closest score. I mean, the, the score was real close there at the end and um, I think the boys, yeah, we really enjoyed the win, so we went off on, we we're off we going going out on a good note.
5: What did you think of AC during those 80 minutes?
7: Uh, yeah, it was tough. Like, you know, you know they got big, big forwards and, um, you know, the arm wrestle was in there, you know, a few mistakes and... But, um, you know, it was, it was, it was a tough arm in the middle, so, um, you know, it was hard to get them tries and we really had to work for them at the end.
5: It was tough in the middle. There was some big collisions during that match as well, wasn't
7: there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, like, you know, some huge, some big boys, aren't they? So, um, I think some of the Saints fans said they didn't recognise me because I was so small. I said, it's not me, it's the, it's the boys that's playing inside me. Like you know, they're, they're big from the wing all the way into the middle, so
5: a couple of tries and you were one of the try scorers that's a proud moment for you is it
7: yeah you know like if, when, when you when you score a try for for club football you know you, you really enjoy the try but you know score one for your you know for your country you're like you know you really you know i really enjoy that and I'm
5: sure by the end of the match it'll be your full length for the pitch man
7: <laughs> yeah i think i was hoping for that one but <laughs> no it's all right
5: Pretty close at half time which has to be said in the dressing rooms
7: uh, the, the coach's uh, message for us was you know just to just to keep doing what we're doing just to tidy up our um, completions um, I think we were at 65 so um, I think we, we tidied them up in the in the second half and I think LD was outstanding um, I think we held we held them out in, the, in our line a few times and um, you know credit to the boys in the middle and then out the edges you know we really worked as a team and you know held them out there in the end.
5: Despite the victory, it means you are eliminated. But do you feel rather unlucky not to be progressing to the quarterfinals?
7: Yeah, you know, I think um, it all came down to one half of football um, when we played in Scotland. But um, you know, it's, it's, it's not to be. You know, we're not going to. You know, we're going to enjoy this win. And um, you know, I think the boys are walking away with you know with with a, with a smile, and you know, we're going to really enjoy it.
5: So. I think yourself now it's a couple of weeks off, and it's back to pre-season for the Super League season.
7: Yeah, yeah, a couple of weeks off. You know, you get um, get rid of the bumps and bruises and. Um, enjoying my time off. I think I might get a bit of sun in me and then, um, you know, back to business again.
1: Saints' is Willie Manu there speaking to Adrian Jackson. It's time for another quick break now on City Talk 105.9 but afterwards we will turn our attention to England, check in with Steve McNamara, who's named his squad for this Saturday's game with France and we'll hear from Martin Johnson as well letting us know what's going on behind the scenes at the RFL. In touch,
0: in touch. on City Talk 105.9
1: Welcome back to In Touch on City Talk 105.9. I'm Laura Moss. Steve Manning joins me too. And before the break, we heard some we'll or chatted to Warrington's Lee Briers. And we also heard from Sonny Bill Williams, Ben Kavanagh and Willie Manu as well. So let's turn our attention to England now. Steve McNamara has named his squad for the game, the quarter final with France at Wigan on Saturday evening. Josh Charnley and James Roby coming back into the fold. Steve, you were surprised with that. You said you'd have gone with Roby, but maybe not with Josh.
2: Well, I was initially because I'm thinking, you know, why change your winning side? And they were very, very good. But having said that, how can you t- keep the top try scorer of Super League out of action? And uh, he's playing on his own midden. And if he doesn't know what's the fast track, which parts to go down the channels at uh, the DW, who does? So, you know, again, it's bringing players in and it just shows how strong the squad is. And uh, I think it should be a, a sensational game. And uh, I, I, I can see only one winner and it won't be France, sadly.
1: Well, exactly, isn't it? I, th- I think we were all hoping for a bit more of an entertaining game. Although that said, you know, we, we've said this about a couple of teams at uh, this, this World Cup and we've been proven wrong. Um, but I think it would have been a much better preparation if England make it through to the semi-finals playing the lights off Samoa. It would have been a bit more entertaining. Whereas I think we've seen with France that England can do the business when it comes to them.
2: I think they can. I mean, obviously, France won their opening game. and mean, really, that's some Papua New Guinea up. If they had to kick that penalty in the last minute... They'd have got to a great start. France wouldn't. And if you look at France's other results, that would have seen them with nil poise, and they wouldn't have qualified. Having said that, when you get 17,000 at one game and 12,000, 13,000 at another game, we do need France. And it just makes you wonder what that game would have been set up if it had been played in France. Because obviously, England are playing on their own patch and you've got to fancy them haven't you and that's that's no disrespect to France I think France will make a go of it but uh, you know they've not got the quality in the bat line to score the tries the forwards will be alright I think for the opening 20 minutes but it's like over 80 isn't it
1: Wigan's obviously a fantastic round play at and has staged a game like this but I think like you say it would have been more entertaining if it had been in France because England have Obviously, home advantage every time anyway, because the tournament is over here. But it wouldn't be quite the same over in France.
2: It wouldn't. I think it would have generated a, a better atmosphere as well. And, and, I'm not, and I'm not knocking the atmosphere that's going to be at the final. And you just hope that 20,000 plus crowd that are going to be there. I'm hoping it's a full house and we're getting there. But hopefully they're going to generate a, a great atmosphere. And at the end of the day, it's uh, the last hurrah at the DW
8: for San Tompkins.
1: Precisely. Well, let's hear from England coach Steve McNamara now, who says he was pretty happy with what he saw against Fiji at the weekend.
8: Good. No, I was really pleased. I think we, uh, we were in, in with a real tough game. You know, Fiji played well. They played far better than they've played in previous games. We had to work extremely hard to, to break them down, but I was pleased with it. I was, you know, And even more so when I watch it and review it and see the physical contact. And, and we look like we we're on the verge of, of something pretty good. And yeah, was, I was pleased with it. Is it what the team needed? Well, I think so. You know, we um, we're in a test match. You know, there's no two ways about that. And moving forward for us, the lessons that we'll learn from that are going to be invaluable. Knock out football now, Steve. Big game is coming. This coming Saturday. Get it wrong and you're out to World Cup, and uh, the stakes are very high. And I think the the eight teams that are going to progress into the quarterfinal are going to be good teams. They're all going to play. As well as the campler, I think that's the challenge now is is to be at your best because if you're not, any one of these teams can uh, can knock you out.
4: Have you um, rate
8: the mood in the camp now? Oh, it's radiant, very good. Boys have bounced back in, uh, full of beans, full of energy. Uh, looking forward to a week. I think we've uh, got a good week planned for the group. Make sure we get the balance right between work and rest, and uh, I think we've done that. And I think the players will enjoy what we've got for them in practice this week and. Uh, like I said, you know, selection is going to be tough this week. The players know that. Um, you've got 23 players who probably all deserve to play. They're probably all done enough to, to warrant a place in the team. But uh, 17 will and six won't. Well and those six and the rest of the staff are going to have to support those 17 and make sure we get through to the next stage. And then uh, we'll go again. Just talk us through the process how you actually pick the 17. Who, who do you liaise with? Well, I have the final say, but obviously with my staff and me, immediate staff and. Uh, you know Paul Deacon in particular was a big influence, but we have got some other very good, knowledgeable people in terms of rugby league, and uh, we certainly have uh, you know our analyst involved as well. It was it was analysed everything, every single detail. Uh, we'll sit and run through through everything and potentially look at the team we're playing against as well this week and decide what is the best route for us. Do you sit down with with Kevin Sinfield and some of the senior players when you get down to selection. Oh, not in team selection. No, I think the. They've got enough, res- enough responsibilities as it is, and um, you know I think the the players, uh, Kevin included, they're all under pressure to perform and play well and get picked. So without adding any sort of those sorts of pressures onto them now, it's uh, it w- that wouldn't be fair. How do you react when um, the media and, and and the public at large are saying that you know we're not even ready for the, you know, we can't even progress through to the final at this stage, you know, we're not even being considered, it's Australia, New Zealand all the time, you know, how do you, how do you react to that? Well, I think they've been preoccupied with other events, haven't they, so we're sort of like a little bit under the radar, so now we're happy with that, I think we're going on really well, we, uh, we know inside the camp, uh, the potential we've got within the group and how well we can play, and we just look forward to doing that in the next game.
1: That's England coach Steve McNamara there. This week, Nigel Wood released a statement saying that the the Rugby League tournament so far had exceeded expectations. It's captured the imagination of the sporting world and it's hopefully only going to get better. The final at Old Trafford, set to take place on November 30th, the Saturday, is heading towards a sellout. Impression, Steve? I mean, last week we had John and Mickey on the show. and We were at the Fly in the Loaf. We're all pretty impressed with what we've seen and that it has exceeded expectations. I think for me, it's probably met them because this is what I was hoping for. I I, I didn't want it to bomb. I wasn't thinking, oh, no one's going to go to these games. I thought people were going to go. People are going to appreciate what we're seeing and what we've got here in this sport. And I say we because I think we get a bit precious over rugby league. Uh, it's probably one of the problems, actually. What I've just said is is its own worst enemy in many respects, but I'll just carry on Anyway. I think this is exactly what I expected. How about you?
2: I think it's been fantastic. And uh, the doom and gloom merchants were thinking that it's going to be like 2000. We've had a little bit of 2000 weather. But what they did and what they've got right this time is they had the double header under a closed roof. They made sure that the England game was on terrestrial TV. And no disrespect to what happened previously. And I know they want to forget about it, uh, our governing body. They flopped. They had a game where it was pouring rain in Scotland and Sky had the main game that night. They had it on terrestrial TV and that's where you've got to hit them. And fair play to the BBC, they're showing all the England games live. I know they've got their other partners, but they've shown them on terrestrial TV. And they
1: have the highlights as well. And I I think Mm. that probably would be my only point is that not knocking in coverage anywhere else or elsewhere. It's just that um, I think it would have been better if we had seen some of the other games on terrestrial TV, reaching out to those people on a Saturday afternoon, Sunday afternoon, a Monday evening, for example?
2: Well, yeah, I mean, when you think about it, uh, the game that they're showing on um, Saturday Saturday evening, that's on BBC2, and it'll be interesting to see what reaction and what viewing figures they get for that game on BBC2. It's a standalone game, and it should be fantastic.
1: Exactly, Steve, well, we will see. Let's get our next guest on the line now. We're joined on City Talk 105.9 by the RFL's communications manager, Martin Johnson, who speaks to us from the HQ. Martin, how's it going?
9: Yeah, good. Obviously, uh, we're still in a very busy period. We've got four games across three games, uh, three days this weekend. So uh, all looking good, all very busy, but looking good.
1: A very positive press release sent out this week from uh, Nigel Wood himself saying that you know, it's exceeded expectations the first couple of weeks. Uh, can you just talk us through sort of what attendances have we been seeing and how has this been, been breaking it, your expectations?
9: Yeah, it's absolutely. You know, obviously, we we believed in ourselves. We knew we could do a good job. We knew we were doing a good job. We knew our marketing was good. We knew we'd work very hard at our PR messages. But obvious, but we've just done so so well. It totally exceeded expectations. You know, we've sold out five stadiums. We've uh, broken records at four uh, four of our grounds. You know, nearly everything uh, has been everything has been above our. Target in terms of uh, financial for every every game, so every single one has exceeded our target. And um, as I say, most of them have been uh, been near stadium record or or at least sellouts. And
1: I suppose it's about taking this momentum forward, isn't it? And we we've got the the quarterfinals, semi-finals, and the finals to come. What are you expecting there?
9: Well, as, yeah, the, I mean the other thing to mention is that it's been competitive rugby league as well. One of the reasons that people have been turning up is that the games have been so so fantastic. Italy totally. Am, Outperformed their world ranking as the USA. Unfortunately, Italy narrowly lost out in the, uh, in, the pool, in the group stages. But the USA have uh, you know have, uh, amazed the world as their hashtag uh, says, and they've you know their reward is to play the, uh, the the world number one ranked team Australia.
1: And I suppose that's the thing, isn't it? Seeing teams that you know were effectively, in a way, no disrespect to them, written off before the the competition started with uh, America. How well they've done playing the, the size that they are going to and seeing how well Scotland are doing as well, and that's what we want to see isn't it getting the word out there to those countries like uh, you know the u s a where rugby league isn't really a dominant sport at all
9: that's right I mean you know the u s a were ranked fourteen coming into the tournament, and Italy ranked thirteen, so totally outperformed their their world ranking and Scotland again you know they've uh, they've done an absolutely amazing job Steve McCormack their coach, deserves all the credit in the world for for getting a great team together, getting some spirit. Together and, and again, you know, they've got the reward of playing uh, New Zealand, who are the holders uh, in to in tomorrow night.
2: We've spoken about that journey, haven't we, Martin? And the fact is, if we, if we just look at uh, the USA, I remember interviewing Terry Matheson at the launch, and uh, they'd uh, had a 55 hour journey to play the friendly, and then they were coming for the competition, hoping to do as well as they could. But uh, they've, they've excelled all expectations, and it's, it's that following, you know, it's the underdog thing, isn't it? And you, w- you would assume that. Australia may well get through but it's going to be a hell of a fight, isn't
9: it? Everyone loves an underdog. Everyone loves an underdog, especially in this country and, you know, if they can can hold out for the first 10 minutes maybe get a try on the board, who knows but, yeah, you know, their success is down absolutely to that Terry game on board very late but he's got team spirit going. You know, they've loved being in, in Holton um, and, and being with the schools and stuff in Widnes and doing a lot of civic stuff there and, and even before they arrived, you know, Holton Borough Council who were their hosts put a lot of hard work into what they were going to do with them and the relationship has paid off for both, for, for both sides and especially with the US, USA on the pitch, I'm sure that, you know, what they're doing in the borough helps with that team spirit and helps to keep the smiles on their faces uh, that they'll take into the game on Saturday.
2: And uh, you, you spoke about that and obviously, we talk about the attendances, but uh, the viewing figures, both on Premier Sports and uh, and the BBC. Obviously, the BBC are focusing mainly live on the England games, but uh, the feedback, I believe, is very, very good on that as well, Martin.
9: Oh, absolutely. You know, um, to, we've outperformed. You know, it's not a com- these days. It's not a competition between us and Rugby Union anymore. But it, it is a great marker that you know we've we've. Um, more people have watched England Rugby League than England Rugby Union on both the the last two Saturdays it's it's a great achievement for us you know people are buying into this tournament not just with the tickets that they're buying but uh, on on screen as well and Premier are delighted with the amount of subscriptions they've sold and you know our social media has gone through the roof we've had a million people looking at our Facebook page this week you know for a game like Rugby League to come the journey that we've come on in a very short time is is amazing
1: and for yourselves this weekend putting on the quarterfinals, the final eight games and going forward from that. I mean, what actually, what is it like behind the scenes now? We can hear a bit of hubbub behind you. I should imagine it's pretty chaotic.
9: Yeah, it's chaotic. We've got a very small office. You know, we're a very small team. Um, you know relatively to put on a, a World Cup of this size uh, a very small team so everybody's it's all hands to the deck we've got the referees are in at the moment in our meeting room this is which is why I couldn't get a quiet room so they're they're reviewing uh, all the referees are sitting there reviewing the games that have happened and thinking about the games that Uh, going forward I've got people around me who are printing out passes there's uh, the team flags that are going to be out on the pitch are uh, are being packed away at the moment there's uh, tickets being printed so yeah it's all going on around me but everybody's very positive with the news that we've had so far and and determined to make sure the rest of the tournament is as good as it can be.
1: Cheers Martin well thanks very much for speaking to us on City Talk and uh, best of luck with uh, going forward and the organisation there.
9: Thanks Lauren, thanks Steve.
1: Well, that's all we've got time for now tonight. On in touch, wherever you're going this weekend, enjoy safe journey there, and we'll catch up with you next week when we look ahead to the semi-finals. Cheers, Steve.
2: Cheers, thank you. Good night.
0: This is in touch. City Talks Rugby League Lowdown with Lauren Moss and Steve Manning. City Talk 105.9.